You're listening to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast with your hosts, Brent and Angelo. This is episode number 62 for your favorite podcast and mine for the Lug Draft 2019-2020 Revisited. Angelo, how are you today? I'm doing great, Brent. I'm enjoying the break. I've got a different, uh, I've set up a different studio today in my, my kitchen. I've kicked everyone downstairs in my house. I need the space given the amount of research that we've done. We, uh, you know, I need to spread out today so we can go through. This is going to be a great episode. We're looking very timely at last year's draft. We're going to look at the best and worst pick of each team, the best keeper and the worst keeper of each team. So everyone's going to hear some good. Every, everyone's going to hear some bad. And it's going to give us some things to think about leading into our draft, which is only a few days away. Well, the podcast is all about perspective. Okay. Um, if, if anything uh, we do on this show is we we allow people to gain a perspective of each other and of themselves. So this episode falls in line with that. And it's going to be timely because we are heading into the draft very soon, aren't we? We are. Yeah, just a few days away. And so I think what we should do first is let's talk about some NHL news It's going to have some pretty big impact on the league this year. And then we'll we'll talk a little bit about our upcoming draft, and then we'll get into our main topic. How does that sound? Absolutely. And and, and again, like coming back to it, this news plays a big plays a big part in terms of uh, people's strategies heading into into our draft. So uh, let's uh, let's start with the Senators. Senators have been a bit busy, haven't they? Yeah, and this is, you know, I think we're going to see more of this. This weekend really kicked off this preseason, the official preseason to the NHL. So in the last 48 hours, the Senators uh, traded for Derek Steppen. They give up a second-round pick. Uh, and some people question that. I thought it was a great move to get in a veteran player. He's on a mm-hmm. $6.5 $6. million contract, but they're only going to have to pay him a couple million bucks. Um, good veteran leadership, I think. And, and he could be someone who could be a, a third or fourth-line center for the team down the road. But then they turned around and uh, did a great trade with Tampa Bay. Traded for, uh, they got Cedric Paquette, Braden Coburn, and a second-round pick. And it only cost them Marion Gabrick and Anders Nielsen. Both guys were not going to play this year anyway. So it was a bit of a cap circumvention for Tampa Bay because they're right against the cap. And the Sens pick up three players and a second-round pick for a second-round pick. So I think we're going to see more of this as teams are against the cap. Um, you know, I think the Sens are being really smart because we've got this uh, taxi squad that we'll talk about a little later on. And they're, um, you know, you're going to be carrying more than your typical 20-man roster on the road. So uh, we saw that happen as well. Um, but, you know, the, the other big news that uh, we need to talk about with Tampa Bay is the one that affects Blair, and that's uh, Kucherov is done for the season. This is this is probably the biggest news that came out last week, right? You know, I love I've loved what Ottawa, Ottawa has done here in terms of, you know, bringing some life back into a franchise that's, that's been really struggling. And I think they're going to be a different team this year. You know, they're not going to be um, con, uh, con, uh, contenders in any way, but I it, it's 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 making it exciting for Ottawa fans. Now, on the flip side of that, if you're um, a Blair fan, I'm a Blair fan. I'm a huge Blair fan. Uh, you're going to be uh, pretty upset with uh, with the news that Cooch is out. A huge impact um, for a number of things, right? Huge impact for his team. I think you know if we look, you go back and listen at uh, to last week's episode, he's he was up there pretty high in those in those uh, uh, rankings, and you know our kind of talk here with uh, with uh, with uh, his keepers. That's all changed now. And uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, he's going to be going into the draft a different man than he was a week ago. Well, I, I have to say I, the self-pity uh, that I had for losing Pasternak and Marshawn for part of the season is eclipsed by Blair now losing two major keepers. He wasn't able to keep Ben Bishop because Bishop is gone for the year, uh, but he did keep Cooch and Cooch is gone for the year now. So uh, certainly the you know 2020 leading into the 2021 draft has not been kind uh, to Blair at all. And I think that this is going to be, when it comes to injuries, uh, when it comes to the inevitable case of COVID-19 hitting teams and players, this will be the most insane fantasy season we've ever seen. I, I agree. Like this, it's already um, shaping up to be a doozy. Um, my concern here is if this is if this is just starting to happen, you get these kind of injuries coming in. 
<clears throat> we know others are going to be happening along the way. Um, what happens if some, you know, a player tests positive here, or what happens if, uh, uh, you know, someone else goes down with a year-end injury? I think I think it's it's it is shaping up to be pretty controversial and pretty wild um, along the way. I, my heart does go out um, to to Blair. Uh, I feel for him, um, and I guess this makes me the number one contender now. Well, here's the thing. I was going to say, remember last year when we did the, uh, you know, if you were an NHL GM manager, who would you be? And we said that you were the Pierre Dorian of the league. And look, a few months later, Pierre Dorian, it seems like he's a Scotty Bowman, like this brilliant hockey man. And and you're going in as one of the favorites. So this has been a weird, weird year. And uh, you are still the Pierre Dorian of this league. Let's see what you can do. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's amazing. I'll tell you right now. So, you know, just to recap on poor Blair, because that is really the, some of the biggest news. He's, you know, he's got Makar, he's got Matthews, and he's got uh, Kubadin, but no Cooch. He's going to go in keeping Cooch, but Cooch won't be playing. So we'll see what he does come draft time. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and we got to wrap up this. There's a, some like six degrees of Ottawa Senators here. We don't want to be talking about the Sens, but we do need to talk about two players which um, have an impact on not only the NHL season, but the draft. And that's, we see Mike Hoffman. Uh, he signed a professional tryout with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Um, and rumor has it he has a contract in place. But what the Blues are doing is they're waiting for the start of the season because then they can maximize their long-term injury reserve and put Alex Steen, who is retiring, yeah. and Vladimir Tarasenko uh, Who's it? Yeah. on the block. So Tarasenko is gone as well. Um, but we're going to see, so Mike Hoffman, should be a hot commodity on draft night because he, although he has a professional tryout, you know he's he's made the St. Louis Blues and he has a contract in place. And then the second one is Craig Anderson. Uh, yeah, with Washington. That's crazy, eh? PTO with Washington. And here's the thing. So if when we get to draft, this is going to lead into our second part where we talk about draft, do you start to look at guys like Craig Anderson because the, the season is so condensed, it's quite possible that within a few weeks and an injury to uh, – Samsonov, Craig Anderson is the number one goalie on one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference. Well, without without a doubt, Anderson's value uh, has has just gone up with even this talk, right? Uh, no one kind of knew if if he or you know he would land anywhere, kind of place here. But obviously, with Lundqvist being out, uh, Washington is is needing to fill some sort of hole here. So this is an opportunity for them uh, them to get a good look at Anderson here. Uh, this is pretty. This is pretty good, right? Uh, for those for those Anderson fans out there, uh, the other one is uh, again with the Ottawa Lovin that we're having right now is Anthony Duclair, right? Yeah, and where does he land? Is he going to be the number one right winger for Florida? Because if he is, then he's playing with Barkov and Huberdo, or yeah. is he going to be a third line? He's so inconsistent. You have no clue. Well, I think, I think the draft's going to be a lot of fun this Saturday. It's going to be like nothing we've done before. Well, I love it. I, you know, you know, here he is. It, it, we mentioned this before. Here he is. He's he held out from from uh, from signing, resigning uh, with the Sens. Uh, gets fifty thousand dollars more than he made last year on a one year deal. Um, he's got to play. He's got to play uh, really hard this year uh, if he's re- really wanting to cash things in. All right. So let's talk about the draft. So we're 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 locked in January second, eight thirty. I haven't heard from anyone, so we're doing it Saturday, January second at eight thirty p.m. Um, we talked about the taxi squad. So each team's going to have four to six extra players uh, traveling with them, including one extra goalie. So, you know, when we're talking about the draft, will people potentially be going after three goalies on the same team this year? Like, I really don't know. You know? I, it, it's a it's a hugely distinct possibility because again. Um, you, you look at the strategy over the past couple of years has been trying to pick up those tandems, right? That's what most managers have been doing is trying to pick up the tandems to play off of those. And that would have been the same strategy this year, obviously, because you have a condensed season. Um, you know, people are going to get banged up, tired or whatever. Uh, so they want the tandem and that there's a high value that that being said, are they going to go after the third, the third, uh, musketeer there and, uh, time will tell, we'll see what people's strategy is when they fold out. But this, uh, taxi squad is a really interesting twist, uh, for draft night. Yeah. And if, if not, will another manager swoop in? So let's use Washington cause just they're top of mind for me. So you've got Samsonov is the undisputed number one. I think Phoenix Copley is the number two there. And then you've got Craig Anderson. Let, so let's say Robica goes in and gets the number one and two. So he's got the tandem. And then some, will someone swoop in and pick up Craig Anderson for, for a buck and maybe be the bargain of the year? Like it'll be, 
So there are a lot of goalies to be had now. Once you increase your goalies from two to three on an NHL roster, you've got a lot more options uh, for managers. Absolutely. I think we're going to see, to be honest with you, and kind of leading into our main topic here, I think you're going to see um, some brilliant moves happening this year in terms of massive surprises. Someone picks up somebody and they just start lighting it up either way, right? And then I think you're going to see some big busts, bigger than usual as well, because of the condensed season. People just not be able to get their groove going uh, and they uh, have a have a disappointing year. So, you know, leading into our main topic here, I, this year is, is, is going to be a wild one for the Luke, for sure. I think so. And the other thing I'll say before we get on to our main topic is those mid, you know, third line players could actually light it up a bit more this year because you might see the, the famous term that the NBA and Kawhi Leonard coined with load management. You might see players rested, rested yeah. uh, because the season is so condensed. You know, they could be potentially playing a game on average every second day instead of every third day. Um, so there's going to be more injuries or players are going to need rest. So all of a sudden your third line player is going to be vaulted into a first line role on the wing or something and could get some more points. So I think we might see some more activity in free agency this year. A lot of ad drops as these things happen. It's going to be a very fluid, um, a very, very fluid season. And I would also like to say, speaking of fluid, we talked about very quickly the possibility of doing a simultaneous zoom meeting on draft night what do you think of that yeah i love it um it just adds another kind of twist into it uh we've always been talking for years about trying to get together in some capacity right you know um what better time uh when everybody is uh is uh kind of fearful of getting covid is just getting together i think it's just timely right so let's 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 do this with uh you know with uh, zoom or hangouts or every, anybody else you know whatever your your video conferencing choice uh is uh will make it happen it just adds another dimension. We get to see each other's faces when uh, someone's driving a bit up. It's going to be great. A, and just imagine the chat feature in that thing too, because all of them have chat features. Just imagine what's going to happen and what's going to be going on in that side chat. I love it. I'm, I I just think it's going. It adds so much more pressure and so much more complexity that I'm gonna I'm gonna miss out on a bid because I'm going to be on the chat on Zoom, or even like the, just the chat or like if you have your you might have your video off because you're looking yeah. at the at the draft, but you, you know when you get into an auction, all of a sudden people are talking in your ear, literally telling you what to do and what not to do, or telling you that you're having a terrible draft or the mind games. This could be an absolute disaster. So we have to try it. I love it because we're going to finally be able to see an empty chair when Gump goes on auto draft. That's right. Right, and it's Absolutely. just it's going to be great. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, let's get into our main topic. So Saturday is a big day. Let's Huge look at last year. Last year's draft was epic as always, and um, you know, as we did this research, it it really makes you think about what you should do on Saturday. So, what we're going to do is we're not picking our best to worst or any of that. We've just picked, we've just put the teams in at random, and we're going to talk about their best and worst pick, best and worst keeper, and then at the end, we'll rank what the best picks were, the worst picks, the best keepers, and the worst keepers overall. So, we're going to do a team perspective, and we'll do a league perspective. That's fantastic. Love it. All right. Anyway, let's, let's, well, speaking of Gump, let's talk about Gump first. So let's talk about the Cutlass Supremes here, and let's talk about 2019-2020 uh, for him. And his best pick, his best pick out of that was Evander Kane. I think so, Evander Kane. So top 10, he finished ninth in uh, left winger ranking. Uh, I believe he might be left wing, right wing. Um, yep. But uh, his cost was only $55. So when you can spend under 60 bucks on a top 10 player, that is a huge win. Um, you know, and he's a, Evander Kane is one of those really, really strong uh, fantasy players. So that's a great one. Yeah, no one really wanted to roll the dice on him for a number of years, right? So Gump picked him up at a nice, nice cheap price of 55. And from start to finish, uh, he was a great player to have on a squad. And everybody was kind of after him a little bit from there. So that was a great pick. Now, he had uh, a bad pick there, too. Yeah, you know, and this guy, I, I'm not sure that he's a fantasy player anymore. But, and yeah. that's got to be Jamie Ben. Mm -hmm. so, so Jamie Ben cost uh, Gump almost three times that. 
He used to be a two hundred plus dollar player, Jamie Ben. Last year, you could see he was on the decline at one hundred and thirty two dollars. Uh, but for the twenty fourth ranked left winger, that's way too much money to spend. Well, yeah, it's 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 way too much. Um, he still has, you know, Dallas had that really good run, so we'll see if if that kind of brings a value up or piques anybody's interest for him to have on their squad. He kind of still has that little bit of name recognition, but I do agree with you. His value as a fantasy player has been in decline for for some time now, and. At $132 last year, I don't really see somebody trying to spend that much money on that. Some teams are very tight with money, remember. So $132 is is getting into almost you know elite player territory for some of those managers, and that's definitely not uh, Jamie Ben. Yeah, this happened with Corey Perry a few years ago in our league. He used to be a guy who would get in the high hundreds, low two hundreds, and then I think the last time he was drafted, he was drafted for maybe two bucks. I'll be surprised if Jamie Ben hits a hundred bucks this year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's go into uh, Gump's best keeper. Um, so why don't you tell me who we believe uh, Gump's best keeper? Was, is. He had the he had the second uh, best goalie going here with Tuka Rask, uh, eighteen dollars. That's you a no there? brainer. I feel like um, I've lost you. The guy's a guy's a machine. It was a phenomenal uh, keeper. Uh, and it's and it's and it's one uh, he had one of his best years uh, last year. So obviously at eighteen dollars, the value was huge uh, for Gump in terms of fantasy. Yeah, um, Tukaraska, one of his greatest statistical years ever. I think Boston won the President's Cup. I did lose you for a second there. Sorry about that, but I got you back now. But uh, yeah, Tukaraska is the second place uh, ranked goalie at only 18 bucks. That's a, a no-brainer. Um, and he's back on Gump's squad again. But let's look at another player that he kept again this year. But yeah. We ranked him as his worst keeper, and that's Sidney Crosby. Cost $276 last year. And he only came in at the 47, 42nd ranked center for Gump. So that was a lot of money to spend for a guy who didn't even crack the top. Yeah, you missed half the year. Board. Right, he missed half half the season. He, he, he the, this, is, this is Crosby now, and these are the Crosby years, right? So um, and, and in terms of where he's, his play is at, you know, are you rolling the dice uh, uh, and which Crosby are you going to get? Are you going to get the elite player or are you going to get somebody who's who uh, can't get injured and, and just be a really costly IR spot? Um, for, for Gump, that was last year at 276. He's rolled the dice again. I still think Crosby would be bringing in that money out of a draft. Someone's going to roll the dice on him. So just for last year, it wasn't a good keeper for him. No. All right, let's go on to our second manager. We're going to look at Tony Hennessy Williams uh, and his best draft pick last year is someone who he kept this year, and that's uh, Alex Pietrangelo, the fourth overall D last year at only 52 bucks. Uh, what a great pick! Well, especially now, given that he's with Vegas, right? I mean, Absolutely. this is that this is this is this is a pick that that uh, you know he he did last year. He's, he's kept him fifty two dollars. It's it's this is this is fantastic for him, uh, and uh, what great value he had last season. But heading in, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, and we're going to be picking on Dallas here a bit because we're picking uh, Alex Radulov as the worst draft pick for for Tony Costum, one hundred and sixty bucks. $28 more than Jamie Benn, but he was a 29th ranked right winger. So that, that first line in Dallas was a bit of a disaster last year from a fantasy perspective. Well, yeah, again, you had the 24th ranked in, in Ben, you had the 29th ranked in Radulov. There's no value there at all. You had better you had better players just uh, dropping and adding off of, of the FA wire. Um, I don't know if Radulov is, 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 is going to go, is going to break a hundred. We'll see what happens this year, but he's definitely not going to go for 160. And I bet you Hennessy's not going to uh, um, make that type of mistake again. I don't think so. Okay. Let's talk about his best keeper. Well, it's John Carlson. It's the number one D in, in, in the league. This is this is, you know, at fifty eight dollars. This is this is uh, a player that has incredible value uh, moving forward, and and what a phenomenal keeper for him. Yeah. So you know, we said it last week with Carlson and Peter Angelo. He might have the number one and two fantasy D this year, which is amazing. On the other end, and this only cost him fourteen dollars. It's been a perpetual keeper of his, but his worst keeper last year was Martin Jones, a forty fifth ranked goalie. Yeah, this is this is again. Are we seeing are we seeing declines in players that have been kept for so long? And this is an interesting one, right? So Jones has been kept for for ever, right? And 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 at fourteen dollars, doesn't seem you know it seems to be a no brainer to to um, keep him. 
because it's not really costing you anything, but there was no real value added uh, to the squad last year. So you'd be better off to kept somebody else if you wanted to be in contention. So we'll see what happens, you know, um, going into the draft uh, with that player as well. Where's the value? It's going to be more than $14, but I'll tell you it's, it's not going to be high. Well, I'll be interested to see if, if someone's going to roll the dice on the Jones-Dubnik tandem in San Jose. Well, yeah, that one's going to be an. I don't know about that one either. Yeah, uh, that one's going to be an interesting one for, for sure. All right. So, uh, a Tennessee so far, some really good picks, some really bad picks, and we're going to see that trend uh, throughout. Let's go to our good friend Mike Hughes on the West Coast. And it's hard. It's 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 hard here to find anything that was good out of Mike's season last year. Um, but I guess if we have to do like you know best pick and best kind of keeper for all teams, I guess we have to apply that to Mike as well. Well, here's, here's where I get great satisfaction because Mike's best pick is one of my keepers. And, and what I like to do, one of my strategies is to allow, after I've done my, my strategic picking, I then allow bargains to be had in the league and then I just trade for them and keep them later on. And, and Max Pacioretty was Mike's best pick, fifth rank left winger at only $18. And Mike wisely traded him to me. Yeah, um, and, and I reap the, the, the benefits of having Pacioretty on my team, and I will once again reap the benefits of, uh, uh, of having him this year. So I want to thank Mike for that excellent pick, Max Pacioretty, at 18 bucks. Yeah, like, and this is this is a player too that is 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 pretty uh, quiet with respect to his fantasy value, I would say. But is always one of those players that gives you those key categories, right? I don't know how how much he's on on uh, the radar of other managers, but uh, if you get him on your squad, and especially if he's performing at the at the fifth best left wing position, there's 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 incredible value there as well, and definitely value that's more than eighteen dollars. And I would say. Uh, um, quite the error on Mike's part. So I, I remember years and years and years ago, we went to, did you go to Bowlby's house the one year for the draft? Were you there? No, for I wasn't. Invi- my, my invitation got lost in the mail. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, so on, on that date, uh, Sidney Crosby was in the league um, and I traded Eric Stahl. I got Eric Stahl and I traded away Sidney Crosby. And it was because Eric Stahl was a Max Pacioretty type player. Rick Nash was also this type of player. Yeah, really fantasy gold, and and if Patrick stays in Vegas, I think that's what he'll um, you know he'll continue to perform. On the other end, we had someone who underperformed, still did well at the twelfth ranked right winger, but Blake Wheeler at two forty four was not worth two hundred forty four bucks last year. Yeah, like at, if you're spending that much money, you want a, a top ten player, right? And this was not a top ten player uh, last year, and and it, and it definitely cost uh, a significant amount of money, like at almost. 250 you you're thinking you're getting into the uh, elite price at that point at least in my head you're getting into elite price and top 10 type player um definitely not uh wasn't the case with blake wheeler okay so let's give mike a little bit of credit because what we are we're fair in this in this podcast if we're nothing else and so his best keeper uh not surprising from the vancouver canucks uh elias Patterson, who came in as the 11th ranked centerman at only 25 bucks but we should see him as a top 10 centermen for years to come oh without a doubt this is a player again um uh i traded him uh to him uh, i i believe I, I traded mike gave him more like it uh, it was a mercy it was a mercy trade it's a mercy trade gave him gave him Pedersen, but Pedersen is going to be uh you know his his uh, uh centerman uh, his his big player for years and years to come and this is this is the elite player at twenty five dollars um without a doubt he's got one of the top five def- uh sorry centermen in the league for sure yeah and then on the other end darnell nurse who he kept was a huge disappointment as a fantasy player came in as a fifty seventh ranked d at ten bucks it's still an overpayment uh, you know you can get you can fill your d with uh players from free agency that perform way better than what Darnell Nurse did. I'll be interested with, you know, the Edmonton Oilers with the changes they've made at D and some injuries they're dealing with, where Darnell Nurse fits in their top four and whether he will put up some points this year. Who knows? Yeah, this is gonna it's gonna be amazing to see what happens. Yeah. That's hey, number, it's the, all West Coast. He did everything West Coast, this guy, eh? Pacioretty, Wheeler, Patterson, Nurse. I know, it, I, and we'll see what ha- we'll see what happened on on draft night with Mike. My, my my guess is that uh, it's just Vancouver Canucks and um, Edmonton Oilers. I think he's going to look at the division realignment, and he's going to choose players that are geographically uh, 
as close to Kitsilano Beach as possible. Yeah, and and the other piece too is just wait till when Seattle comes in into the league. Oh, it's man. just going to be Vancouver and Seattle. That's all it's going to be for him. And while he's sipping on his Starbucks lattes, he can't wait. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna listen to Soundgarden on Saturday too while he's doing this. He, absolutely, yeah, he's and, gonna be wearing his flannel and and his Doc Martens as well. And grapes of wrath, maybe he might put in some. He might he might actually do that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely nick in a box all right here we go so nick in a box his best pick last year shea theodore seventh ranked d only eight bucks he's keeping him again this year it's costing him 10 bucks that's such a good pick on you know potentially the best team in the nhl yeah it's probably it, it, it may have been the, the the steal of of uh in, in terms of the league you know in terms of the key, of keepers the best value of a keeper last year um, we'll see if it translates to this year as well, but, uh, at, uh, in terms of 2019, 2020, definitely, uh, the best, uh, best keeper for him and his choice on his squad. The worst the, on the other hand, I biggest, mean, I would say this is the biggest name we've seen so far. Yeah, absolutely. Is Taylor Hall. Yeah. Um, 31st, uh, ranked left wing two thirty one. You're looking at huge dollars there. Just did not happen at all for Hall, for Hall didn't. It was a huge disappointment in New Jersey and in Arizona and both teams. We thought that in terms of that trade, there may be like a little bit of a, uh, a rejuvenation there getting to play with fat Phil, but that never happened. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, you know, there's big talk about him in Buffalo. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah, let's see what he does. Let's see what he gets. At, you know, we'll we'll see a trend. We'll go through maybe one more manager, but then I want to highlight some things that should get some people thinking. Yeah. Um, so this, when I was going through uh, Nick's keepers, I think this is he did not have a good crop of keepers because his best one was Philip Grubauer at forty five dollars, twenty third ranked goalie. So still, you're getting. You know, you want if you have a goal, you want to have at least one that's in the top thirty-one in the league. So he, you know, he's mm-hmm. the number one goalie in his city, and that was Philip Grubauer. But at twenty-third rank, that was his his best pick. So I think he struggled a bit with his keepers last year. I think he did, um, and that, and that kind of blends into to to his worst keeper um, was Brett Burns, the sixteenth uh, defenseman in the league, ranked defenseman at two hundred nine, and. What? By far, our most expensive defenseman, and he was 16th ranked, right? So yeah, I just like again, it's it's just some some managers have this love affair with Burns, right? Yeah, and you again, he's one of those players. You never know which player you're going to get. He is an elite defenseman, um, but you just don't know what Burns you're going to get and when you're going to get it in the season. My experience with him is that he he takes a little bit. Uh, longer to warm up and get going and i just don't have the patience that i've always if i've ever had him i've always traded him away uh before he gets warm and then he performs well for somebody else right but at 209 without a doubt that's a lot of money to keep uh for a defenseman period uh to have have allocated to one defenseman uh especially um an underperforming one like burns like last year well i think for the first time in in probably five or six years burns will not be the most expensive defenseman yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. Like again, there's 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 a lot of other options out there. Um, Burns is Burns is 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 still somebody you you know you'd be more than happy to have on your squad, but just not at that price. Okay, let's go on to Heisenberg. So our best pick by far, Kale, Kale McCarr, tenth ranked D, forty four dollars. The guy's going to win a ton of awards in his career he's going to lead the league in defensive scoring he's just he, he's the real deal and for 44 bucks he's uh you know a perpetual keeper unless you bring in that that new rule where we can only keep guys for a few years but kale mccarr is one of those guys this is this is again rookie season 10th ranked he's, he's a top 10 defenseman in his first year so we know you know for for years to come he's going to be um top five if not the top defenseman in the league this is this is a play that all of his teammates say that he's got uh, you know a forward scoring touch he's 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 aggressive in on the play he's he's a natural player um and he's exciting to play with so uh at 44 dollars um heisenberg has a, a keeper um that's going to be with him for a long time unless we put that rule in which i am interested in we That's really need to talk about this. I think we will. Kind of March timing, I think we'll bring that up. And and this shows that that, that Blair had a pretty good draft because his worst pick was Bufflin. Only cost him 9 bucks. Bufflin didn't play in the league last year. But if your worst pick is going to be something that only costs you 9 bucks, you've had a good draft night. 
Well, yeah, you and he and he rolled the dice because again, like you know, it was known it was known that Bufflin um, was holding out, not playing. Um, and then you, what you have here is is just a nine dollar roll the dice near the end of the draft kind of piece uh, happening. So I think you know I like it. Uh, it is a bad pick, but it just goes to show you that he Blair drafts uh, very well. Uh, the fact that uh, Cooch is out. Um, is is hurtful to him obviously but he he drafts well and this is an indication of that and speaking of cooch he was the the best keeper a second ranked right winger what can you say for 37 bucks i feel terrible that he's gone this year um selfishly i'm, I'm okay with it because i want to try to win but for blair i feel bad for only 37 bucks he is you know one of the best keepers in the league every year non-stop what can you say yeah, and this is somebody that you know Blair's not going to uh, give, uh, trade away, right? So this is this is some so now um, doesn't really have that value in in this condensed shortened season for a manager to, to try to even grab away because you know if we're tossing out this idea of of uh, um, living in keeper years, you know I don't know, um, but Blair at thirty seven dollars uh, as a keeper, second best right wing. It's 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 a no brainer. Cooch is cooch, right? And this is and then the, this is where I think Blair's season went off the rails. Is he kept Bobrovsky, fifty second ranked goalie, almost two hundred bucks, hundred ninety six bucks. That hurt Blair at the draft in terms of the amount of cash he had. Yeah, and I think that one pick is the one that really stung him. Well, I think so. And this is oh, sorry, this that is, one keeper, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is one of those examples where somebody rolls the dice. Bobrovsky had a lot of talk around him and going into last year's season, right? Into last season, he had a big, big emphasis and big expectations uh, in that Florida was going to to be, you know, very different with him, with him kind of leading the charge here. And it, and it looked that way uh, until he hit the ice. And it was uh, an absolute mess of a season for Bobrovsky, 52nd ranked goaltender at $196. That's a lot to spend for such a poor player. Yeah, and here's where we start to look at some of the trends where our draft resembles July 1st in the NHL a lot, where NHL teams spend a lot of money and they end up regretting what they did. So if we just quickly recap, like Crosby 276, Yep. Wheeler 244, Hall 231, Burns 209, Bobrovsky 196. Those are huge misses in the pool. Well, yeah, and and, and they're ones they're ones to be honest with you. They just not they just don't hurt the 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 season that you keep them uh and it, what you've kept them for or you've bet on them th- those are lasting stinks right because again you're you have limited your ability to go after a player in the draft that maybe was the 40 or 50 dollar steal of of the night right those types of players as well that could potentially either morph into a keepers um or just be really fantastic players on your squad for that year because you're limiting the amount of cash that you have cash is cash is king these these are huge huge misses in my mind, and and ones that um, have hurt those managers this past year, and and maybe and maybe we shall see going into going into this draft as well. Okay, so let's get into team number six now. Now I'm going to try something I've never tried before here, Brent. Yep. And that's I, I'm going to change locations as we talk here, just because there's been some family shifting. My wife did write down on a piece of paper. I yelled help, ow, and fire. I guess she did that while we were recording the podcast, but <laughs> she seems to be okay, and I don't smell any fire. Okay, well, that's good. So, yeah, so I, I think this is a conversation I need to have with her later on about the importance of the pool. Well, it, she's, she's been out of routine, right? And and and, yeah. and this, is, this is, yeah, priorities, right? Absolutely. This is disappointing. This is disappointing. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's talk about your team now, the Careless Whisper. So your best pick. So this one actually costs some money. So this is the first time we're seeing someone's best pick actually cost huge dollars, and that was Artemi Panarin, $238. Uh, Third-ranked left winger. He's being kept this year. The guy is an absolute superstar. Yeah, like this is, uh, I knew, I was surprised to get him at 230. I think my, my, what I wanted to spend on him, my max was around 250. So 238 or whatever, it was close to my max on that. Um, I was a bit shocked that to get him at that price. Um, 
I think I was actually trying to drive him up the price up on him because there was a lot of talk about him last year uh, as well with the team change. But I'll tell you, um, you know, he's a great keeper now. Um, And at 238, you know, he uh, he started me off well to to put me into the position that I am to be the top ranked uh, team this year. When, you just you, you you just reminded me of one of my favorite draft moments, and that was years ago. And do you remember when you, Warham, and I, and maybe Bowlby was in on this? It was when Aiden was dominating the pool, and we conspired um, against him at the draft. We had kind of talked about putting up players early on that Aiden really loved. One was yeah. Jaden Schwartz. Aiden used to love Jaden Schwartz. I think it was Schwartz. It was someone from St. Louis. I'm pretty sure it was Schwartz. And uh, somebody nominated him, and we said, let's just drive the bids up like crazy. And then off the bat, you bid 150 bucks for Schwartz. Yeah, I got, I got him. $100 more than anyone was willing to do. And it <laughs> screwed the rest of your draft. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was awesome. yeah, I remember that, yeah. So I, you gotta go, I got to be careful with that and and, and uh, because I have a tendency to to go all in uh, way too fast, right? So. Yeah, that, that was that was an exciting moment, though. And Schwartz didn't perform that year, surprisingly, but that's okay. <laughs> your, your worst pick again, pretty big bucks. Alex DeBrincat, 22nd ranked left wing. Jeez, the left wingers are just getting slammed here. I won well, 46 bucks for DeBrincat. Didn't have the season, right? Again, came in. Um, I think I pried him away from Gump or something like that. I, I can't remember. Uh, but uh, he had. Um, he 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 had uh, a horrible season, um, and it was touted to be like again one of those players that was hugely up and coming. You know, he's definitely not going to get one hundred and forty six dollars come draft night, um, but we'll see where he lands. He's definitely going to be picked up and drafted, but uh, I highly doubt it'll be um, breaking the hundred mark there. Yeah. Okay. Your best keeper, uh, Braden Point, fourteenth ranked centerman. You know, you'd want him to be higher than that, but at eleven bucks, what what really makes Braden Point your best keeper, in my opinion, is um, he's established himself as the top centerman in Tampa Bay now, uh, and and in the playoffs, he was probably their best player. So that's just a great pickup for you at only eleven bucks. Great, great, great keeper. Yeah, it didn't have a huge, you know, you're still a regular season, uh, only at the 14th. You know, he's not you're not your uh, top 10 elite kind of center, but I think that's going to change uh, this year, hopefully. But at $11, it's not a costly one to have on your squad, and it's definitely one that has piqued most managers' interest pre, pre-keeper lockdown uh, with wanting them on, uh, with wanting him on their squad. So I'm happy with that keep. Yeah, and then your worst, your worst pick. Actually, when you look at your the foundation of your team based on your draft, your best and worst keepers and picks, your worst keeper was PK Subban, but he was only twenty one bucks. But he came in as the eighty fourth ranked defenseman. Yeah, and again, there's this is this is somebody who has had a hugely disappointing, I would say, couple of years. This is a one another example of of rolling the dice. Um, I didn't it didn't cost me a lot. I, I tried to I tried to round out my keepers last year. Um, on the cheap end, so that's kind of where P, uh, PK Subban came in. But twenty-one bucks, um, it's just def- definitely not the not the PK Subban uh, value that we've seen in the past. So I think where this this one hurts you is not so much in the dollar, but you, you not you, but people tend to hold on to their keepers because we keep them for a reason, right? And he yeah. was terrible, terrible off the bat, and you kept him for too long because you were hoping for that turnaround that never happened. But it really hurts to drop one of your keepers. Well, it hurts to drop one of your keepers and because you know you could have traded that player away at one point for a fairly significant return, right? So this is the fine line because at one point your keepers have zero value, right? And this is the case with, you know, PK Subban. So all of those elite keepers that we have, yes, years and years and years, but doesn't take you know, too much for the pendulum to swing the other way. And this example with PK Subban only, you know, three or so years ago, um, that was a fairly coveted player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So breaking news used to be big uh, news, but not really anymore. Corey Perry has signed a one year deal with the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, that's huge. There you go. So we're going to see a lot of these players signing right again with this taxi squad. You're going to see the, with these expanded squads, like, you know, maybe Corey Perry ends up being on the number one power play unit. Who knows? Well, all right. And then the, again, it, that you never know. And then the value of that uh, and people's strategies change going into the draft. And that's why I love I love this season already. All right, PMF. His uh, 
Best keeper was uh, Dougie Hamilton, sixth ranked D. He would have been the number one ranked D if he didn't get injured. Only ten dollars, uh, and he's gone now. Nick has kept him in a trade, so uh, that was an absolutely epic pick for PMF. Yeah, this is, and again, this is a player that I would say has ha- always had value, but not the value that we saw emerge last year, right? I think you saw a player really come come into his own last year, uh, and then you have or the year before, and then you have, have this nice, uh, uh, hugely valuable keeper, a top defenseman um, moving forward, and a great pick or a great keep for PMF. Now, on the other end, uh, he had a pretty bad pick as well. Who was that? Well, it's Matt Murray, 44th-ranked uh, goalie. Goalies are getting eaten alive here too, right? Yeah. You, know, you, you have these huge names. You have Bobrovsky, you have Murray that are <laughs> coming around the 50th-ranked position in goaltending. Uh, that have cost a huge uh, amount. So, you know, Murray at $133, you know, for the 44th ranked goaltender of the league is not is not good value here. So he, this is a huge miss. Well, this led, you know, this actually PMF's draft led to your your keeper group, to be honest with you, because, you know, Matt Murray at 44th ended up getting traded to Ottawa, which makes... Uh, Tristan Jari, the number one goalie in Pittsburgh, yep. you've kept him, but then his best keeper was Nathan McKinnon, second-ranked center at forty-five dollars, and you acquired him as well. But but by far PMF's best keeper was Nathan McKinnon. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this is a player that again um, has has uh, always had value in the pool, but really until recently, because um, he's still young too, right? He's still recently, uh, um, the value has gone up and up and up. Right. And and I think you're seeing uh, him really emerge into that elite status. Um, Hockey News has him ranked as, as the number one player in the league this year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, if he uh, lives that out. But on my end of things, at forty five dollars, I've got a top five centerman. All right. So PMF's worst pick, in your opinion. Well, it's uh, it's Tavares. Worst keeper, right. worst keeper is Tavares. He was twenty second ranked centerman at a hundred and eleven dollars. Um, he he's starting to show his age here. He's starting to show a little bit of that rust. And really, you know, uh, for Leaf fans, uh, it's it's a bit disappointing. Um, for hockey hockey fans, for sure. But also, if you're if you're uh, PMF last year, having him on your squad. Uh, at $111, that's way too much money for uh, a 20-plus rank uh, centerman. Yeah, and we'll see in the NHL how he does this year. But I think he's, you know, the decline has started as it does with all uh, players, and and it could start with John Tavares uh, as well. All right, let's get into Aiden Notorious GIBB. Uh, his best pick, and I believe he's a keeper this year, uh, Elias Lindholm, 10th ranked right winger at only $41. That's yeah, a this great, is such a great pick. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a top 10 player here, right, um, in that position. Um, and he's got he's got a player there for years to come as well. Good foundation. Um, he's on the top line of, uh, of the Flames' top line. So this is going to be somebody who who um, is going to be that backbone for, for – uh, 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 Aiden moving forward this year. And let's round out the Dallas first line. It's his worst pick. So we had Ben, we had Radulov, and now Tyler Sagan is a 24th ranked center, $280, probably the second or third most expensive player in the draft yep. last year. And uh, another really disappointing season for Sagan. This is the second or third disappointing season in a row. Yeah, so this is something that I, I, I you're, you've been one of uh, Sagan's fans. Aiden has been, and there's been a couple other managers in the league that have been pretty big Sagan fans and seeing the value. I haven't been one. Uh, maybe that's why I've always fallen into 10th. But I think people are going to come to my way of thinking a little bit more with respect to Sagan as a fantasy player um, and not try to spend almost $300 or, uh, on him. Um moving into the draft. So 24th ranked centerman last year, 280 bucks. That's a, uh, that's a costly error. I think so as well. And, and, you know, when you spend uh, uh, almost 30% of your draft on a 24th ranked player, that, that really stings. We've all done it. Uh, we, we've seen a number of examples today of people that did it. I don't think Sagan will be even a top 10 player in bidding this year. 
no, I don't think so either, which is going to be, again, you're seeing that shift, right? You're seeing that shift away from those names already that, that have dominated the draft, those players that have, have really captured people's attention. And uh, one of them here is, is, again, for sure. All right, let's get into uh, his best keeper, and that was Marc-Andre Fleury, the 11th-ranked goalie in the NHL last year, only $45. Uh, that was a really, really solid keeper uh, pick for Gibby. And um, again, we talked about it last week. We'll see where Flurry falls this year, but that was a really smart keep last year. If 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 um if anything, you know, moving forward, and again, because you we Vegas's whole goaltending situation seems to be putting, you know, Flurry at number two. Um, but Flurry is a superstar. He's still a superstar. Um, in terms of fantasy, he's he's only forty five, forty five bucks uh, at a cost to keep. Uh, last year so I, I i think you know you'll see flurry um sharing time at, at the least um and it's still a great uh a great pick last year a great keep last year for for aiden yeah and then on the other end um someone who didn't cost him much but was a really disappointing uh thomas hurdle at 80th ranked center cost him 10 bucks so it didn't cost him much uh but you know hurdle season mirrored everything that happened in uh in San Jose last year, and and he was picked to be a top number one center for the team. wasn't even close. No, not not even. I mean, this is some you know at ten dollars, it's not a you you know it's not a money miss in any way, but it's a positional miss. You know, uh, in terms of of filling out that roster where you could have easily picked off somebody for a dollar. My type of strategy at the end of the end of the draft night it would have been better than Hurdle in terms of that 80th position. I'm excited for Aiden this year. I really am curious to see. He's had a couple of disappointing seasons after dominating the pool. Yeah. And uh, I think this might be a return to form for him if he has a really solid draft this year. I think, and I think he's, I think he's going to have a good draft. He's got a good, good foundation um, going into the draft. I think he's going to, to um, be aggressive as always. Uh, We shall see uh, how it shapes out at the end of the night, but uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting with him. I think he's back in many ways. All right, let's go on to our next manager, which is uh, me. Which is you. And I mean, yeah. you look at your best pick um, is, uh, and again, you were spending money here, Shifley, at $210. But man, that gave you a top 10 centerman. And that that is that is something uh, to have a top 10 player, just a little over 200 bucks. That's pretty, that's pretty special. So I showed you my projected roster that I came up with before the draft and then how close it was to my actual draft. Yeah. Shifley was my number one target uh, in the draft. I wanted to get him in the low 200s, um, knowing that people would bid more money for yeah. uh, other players. Like um, I, I had bid on Tyler Sagan, so I didn't want to bid on him. But there were other players that Taylor Hall that were going to go north of $200, and I really wanted to score Shifley, and I was able to do that. So it was expensive, but if you can get a $200 player and he's a top 10 player, you've achieved your goal at a draft, I would say. Oh, without a doubt. And and, and that just gives you more cash to spend on those other players to fill in your squad. So um, I think, you know, it, uh, it was an amazing pick and, and quite a steal at $210, right? Now moving into your worst pick, um wasn't wasn't again costly it's a costly for the 50 uh 54th rank d matt dumba which is 106 bucks right that's a costly error for you um because again i know terrible it was just a terrible pick how much you how much you covered cash moving forward in that draft but that was one that i kind of probably handcuffed you a little bit yeah you won the season uh but that's a bad uh that's a little bit of a tarnish on the trophy i would say I was I didn't have a good draft really overall to be honest with you I think again I trade that's how I I end up winning is by trading and and making up for all the mistakes that I do in my keepers and in my in my draft picks so we'll see if that works this year my best keeper no surprise David Pasternak top ranked right winger at only thirty one dollars uh, you know we don't have to really talk about him much he's just an unbelievable player yeah I mean it's just an exciting player to watch and obviously an exciting player to have on your fantasy team because he's always putting up points uh, multiple categories along the way that he is the top ranked right wing player and at thirty one dollars um, it's amazing to have him so my worst player was Gabriel Landeskog he should have ranked higher twenty eighth left 28th ranked left winger cost 28 bucks but on a line with uh rantanen and with mckinnon he should be way higher than that i'll be curious to see if and he's in a contractor he might be uh lights out amazing this year or he might be i have no idea what he's going to do well 
remember the Landeskog of two years ago, right? Yeah. Um, there, there was a player that, again that was on everybody's uh, um, attention. I think yeah, I had him at, on my team at one point that year, and um, he was putting up huge points. Great player to have. Didn't happen last year, right? And given his teammates, didn't it really didn't happen uh, for him. It'll be interesting to see how he plays this year. Okay, let's round it out. We got three to go. Let's talk about Zoltok. So Zoltok's best pick is was an unbelievable pick. Mika Zibanejad, top ranked centerman at only eighty bucks. Yeah, I mean, again, so we talked about your your uh, top ten center Shifley at two hundred and ten. Um, that was a good pick, but it has nothing on Zoltok's pick of Zajanabad at eighty bucks. No, that's uh, you know, and I can't. I, this guy might. I can't wait to see what he does this year with uh, being with Panarin and having Lafreniere, yeah. Lafreniere at his uh, at his side as well potentially. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about Zibanejad. I this wish the Thunders had not have traded him. Yeah, this is another one of those players that's taken a little bit of time to warm up a bit, eh? And and uh, here you have, yeah, poor, poor, it's, it's a poor reminder for Sens fans of what they could have had there. But here you have um, somebody who is 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 an elite player, but really fantasy royalty as well. Um, and at eighty bucks, Soltak has has a wonderful player. Yep. Okay. His worst pick was uh, Braden Holtby, fifty uh, seventh ranked goalie. Cost him one hundred and forty six dollars. Holtby was absolutely terrible last year, and and as a result, he's no longer in Washington. He's in Vancouver, where he should perform better. But uh, that's a lot of money for the fifty seventh ranked goalie. Yeah. I mean, you you look at again nearing crowding one hundred fifty bucks last year. Uh, it's a lot of money to spend on somebody. Again, uh, you could backfill with um of somebody who's just picking up the odd game here and there off the uh, fa wire that's it's way too much money um there's not really there, there wasn't really the trade value there at all last year with somebody who's performing so poorly so again you know a good example of a keeper who has um in the past has been a keeper kind of value has been diminishing along the way unless you're mike now all right best Best, best left wing uh, keeper, in my opinion, or one of the best, Kyle Connor, uh, fourth ranked left winger, only cost $63. Yeah, and this is somebody who was on your list as well, I know, for draft night, right, uh, at one point. Um, but this is, this, is, uh, this is a player who, who uh, is, is the fourth ranked, 63 bucks. Um, could could you could put in the argument of the top uh, the top three uh, uh, keepers of last year for sure. All right, and uh, I would say the worst keeper, Devin Dubnik. So we see that uh, San Jose's tandem now both ranked as the worst keepers for their respective teams. Devin Dubnik, seventy seventh ranked goalie at thirty nine dollars. Yeah, this is an example again of of uh, a keeper's uh, time has come and gone, and it's just worn out. Kind of his welcome on 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 the squad there, uh, Zoltok squad, seventy seventh ranked goaltender. Even at thirty nine dollars, is thirty nine dollars you know too much in that sense. So, uh, should see where where uh, what happens with uh, those two keepers in San Jose. Again, if you're San Jose fan, um, I don't know. It might be a long season, a long, short season. All right. Let's go into Stittsville Raccoons, and then we'll finish it off with Whiskey Dick Van Dyke Show. So Stittsville Raccoons' uh, best pick, although he dropped him too early, was Quinn Hughes, 14th ranked D at $35. Him and Kale McCarr are going to be the duo that are going to battle it out forever um, for the next few years as the best defenseman in the league. Uh, but that was a great pick. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, this is again a classic example of of where patience, especially with young players, um, uh, is is key, right? And and has a huge value. Dropped him a little bit too quick, and that's going to sting for a very long time. Um, and that's one one of those things that you don't forget moving forward, um, and can impact your future drafts here as well, right? But at, at thirty five dollars, um, the fourteenth ranked uh, defenseman. I don't know. Okay, let's go for the worst. Uh, this was a bad one. One hundred and fifty-five dollars on Dylan Larkin, the fifty-fourth ranked centerman. Yeah, this just this um, man. This fell apart <laughs> in yeah. terms in terms of in terms of uh, a draft pick. Uh, <clears throat> had a, had had a lot higher pre-draft ranking from most 
um, you know, uh, authorities, even uh, our, our, I guess, uh, our chat had him up there before uh, the draft night, had him up a lot higher um, and performing a lot better than he did than 54th. But uh, what a horrible year for that. And uh, at $155, that's just, uh, that's another tragedy. That's almost two tragedies in a row there. Yeah, Larkin is young. He might go for you know what he's going to go for a third a third of that this year, and he might be you know hugely improved. We'll see. All right. So for uh, in terms of his keepers, best and worst keepers, both goalies. One was a home run, one was a strikeout. Connor Hellebuck was the top ranked goalie in the league at only twenty eight dollars. Um, you know, it doesn't get any better than that, right? No, I mean it, you have you you have uh, uh, again uh, a player who can be in 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 the uh, in the mix for the the top th- one of the top 3 keepers of last year. $28 you got a number 1 goaltender. It doesn't get any better than that. On the other side, um when you keep a goaltender that's ranked 42nd for $75, that's a that's a mess or $76, that's a mess. Yeah, John Gibson, yeah, Anaheim just didn't have a good season. John Gibson did not either. This year he'll be $84. Uh, you know, this could be his last year as a keeper. Unless he lights it up, he might be entering the draft again after this year. We'll see. So uh, Gibson's a wild card, but as a 42nd ranked goalie, not a good not a good keeper at all. No, absolutely. Okay. So we are rounding rounding out our, our uh, 2019-2020 uh, uh, re- uh, revisited keepers uh, and picks with Bowlby, right? Whiskey Dick Van Dyke, uh, his best pick. Yeah, so this you know this shows that he didn't really have a, a, a he had a weird draft because his best pick is Anton Kudobin, twelfth ranked goalie, only three dollars, but that was a throw in at the end for yep. for Doug. Um, but he ended up being the twelfth ranked goalie, and now he's the number one goalie in Dallas with Bishop gone, and and Blair's going to benefit from that. So on the other end of Blair being punished for these long term injuries, he does have Kudobin, but that was Doug's best pick as a twelfth ranked goalie. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, this is for me. This this uh, brings back to to the uh, to the forefront of you know the strategy some managers have of holding back you know fifty or so dollars at near the end of the draft uh, for some of these uh, deals. Right, deals can be found if you have the cash to get in on those deals. There's you know there's always those players at the end of the night when everybody's tired um, that is uh, that are available for a steal. And this one, you know, he rolled the dice and wow, at three bucks. That's a good player. Now on the other end, he he had a catastrophic uh, player injury at the start of the season. That was Vladimir Tarasenko came in as a 97th ranked right right winger at uh, 155 bucks. Same price as Dylan Larkin. That yeah. hurts a lot. Yeah, you missed him the entire most of the season, right? And this is again a player that you know obviously is better than 97th. But in terms of fantasy, it doesn't matter, right? What matters yeah. is is performance points, what you're putting up, and how much you pay for them, and how much you continue to pay for them. And that is a player that at 155 dollars, doesn't matter what your name is, um, was a uh, was a bad pick. Okay, and let's go. Let's finish this off. His best keepers, Leon Drysaddle, the top ranked left winger, two hundred or sorry, one hundred and forty three dollars. What a bargain for Drysaddle! Well, the guy won uh, won how many how many uh, big trophies? Three of the big trophies last year. So this is this is this is a player that um, huge value, huge points, hugely desired um, on on any fantasy team at one hundred forty three dollars. You know, um, for your number one position player, uh, I think everybody would be spending one hundred forty three dollars on that. Yeah, and then on the other end, so he kept two pricey keepers. On the other end was Alex Barkov, nineteenth ranked center, one hundred seventy six dollars. That was his worst keeper. He did not perform at uh, the rate that was expected last year. Yeah, again, this is this is this was a player that that again had a lot of hype, right? This is part of that Florida hype with Bobrovsky and everybody else. Barkov, um, Barkov had that as well. Um, but again, one hundred seventy six dollars, nineteenth ranked center, and it's just too much for that type of ranking and and that type of a player. So we'll see how things roll out this year for Barkov. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something here, Brent. We're gonna round this up. We're gonna talk about the top three picks, bottom three picks, top three keepers, bottom three keepers. But before we did do that, I did a bit of math as we were talking here, and um, you know, math doesn't lie. And so the best picks. In last year's draft, cost a total of seven hundred and ninety-four dollars. Means wow. nothing to you, but just hold on a sec. The worst picks last year cost one thousand eight hundred and ninety-seven dollars. So the worst picks cost eleven $1, hundred dollars more. 
than the best picks in last year's draft. So it's insane. So the chance again, the chances here are that you someone is going to overspend on a player, and they're going to overspend huge. Yeah, and the the best keepers were five hundred forty nine bucks. The worst keepers were double that, eleven hundred sixty six. So when you look at our best picks and best keepers, the total cost was one thousand three hundred forty three dollars um, per uh, or sorry for for those one hundred one three four three one thousand three hundred forty three dollars. The worst picks and the worst keepers cost three thousand and sixty three dollars. Oh my god, that's yeah, incredible. So- that's why we're like real life NHL general managers because we way overpay for for our players at the draft, just like free agency. Yeah, well, this is the thing. People people bet on literally bet are betting on you know name recognition and everything else that goes along with that, right? The hype that goes around a player when really there are those players that are ten times, twenty times the player uh, at. Uh, 20 times less the value, right, of, of, of what you're going to spend on those players. So, uh, as always, this is draft night, right? Draft, when we're heading into the draft, these are the these are the things that we have to be aware of. Um, and we all know that we're going to be overspending on somebody, but who is it going to be? So, the crazy thing, one in four dollars is poorly spent by our managers. 25% of our dollars available at the draft, over $3,000, yeah. are for terrible picks. Yeah. So this is, again, it, it mirrors, it mirrors real life contracts, yeah. right. That, that are being doled out in the NHL. And this, this is again, when the mind games happen, this is when people start really thinking about, you know, their biddings as when they play, when they, when they're pressing that bid button and watching that dollar value going up, are you getting a stud or are you getting a dud here? And for the chances are, if you're looking at it, you're probably overpaying on somebody who's not going to be performing at all. Okay, let's wrap this up. Top three picks of last year's draft and bottom three picks. Uh, you want to go through the top three picks of last year's draft? Yeah, so if we go through these top three, like, again, um, let's do three up. Is, is you know, Shea Theodore, right? He's a top 10 D uh, on one of the best teams in the league by far, right? Um, number two is another defenseman here, right? So in terms of the top three picks from last year um, is, is, is Doug Hamilton, another defenseman. Um, if he didn't get injured, would have been probably the top as well. And the last player, without a doubt, was um, the top centerman in the league uh, on a team that's on a rise as a Janabad. Um, those are the top three picks uh, from last year's draft. I would say they were on everybody's list, but they probably were not as high as a lot of other players on people's lists. Yeah, and then the bottom three picks are three superstars. So uh, the third worst pick, in our opinion, uh, Tyler Sagan. So as we said, he's at the top or near the top of bids every year, but his his performance just doesn't justify it. Number two, Vladimir Tarasenko. He's been absolutely killed by injuries. I don't think he's an elite fantasy player anymore. Um, So a lot of money spent for the 97th ranked player. And then in our opinion, the worst pick of last year was Taylor Hall. His the cost per points ratio was really disappointing, and he was a massive, massive overpay. He will be uh, a two hundred and fifty dollar player again this year, and absolutely and we'll be saying the same thing, or will we be saying something different from Taylor Hall next year? Who knows? Who hey, knows? finally, let's talk about our top three and bottom three keepers. Yeah, so like uh, working three up again, uh, uh, the top, uh, the top, the third keeper that on that list is Leon Drysaddle. Um, Last season saw him take his game to a completely new level. Um, he was a pricier gamble, but I will tell you right now, um, an amazing keeper makes that top three. The second uh, ranked one there is is Connor Hellebuck. Um, he's going to be a keeper for life until he, he runs out of his value there. Um, and the last one, uh, as always, is Pasternak. I mean... Uh, under 35 bucks and the number one ranked player you've got, you really got one and two there. It just depends on what position you favor more, right? You've got uh Hellebuck in goal. You've got Pasternak um, uh, as well. Ford, whatever you're, f- you're favoring, it's, it's an easy, it's an easy one, two there as well. So obviously we have to have an honorable mention to Kucherov, but the reason why he didn't make the top three was because these three players all ranked number one. And I believe Pasternak was the number one ranked player in all of yeah, uh, in every position of all that his PR ranking was the highest in the league last year. Okay, our um, 
Bottom three keepers, uh, Brent Burns, most expensive defenseman by a mile, but he didn't perform that way. Uh, Sidney Crosby, because of his injuries, was way too expensive. He wasn't effective as a fantasy player. And then the number one one had to be Sergei Bobrovsky. He was just a disaster in Florida. And at $200 for Blair, a disaster of a keeper pick as well. Yeah, and, and again, those those keepers – um, really hurt seasons as well, right? So, you know, we could take a look at those keepers again, like what we did last week, and take a look at everybody's keepers and break it down again. There's there are keepers on those on those uh, on teams that um, are going to be on this list for sure next year as being complete uh, duds. So that does it. That's our draft revisited. Some hits and some misses for everybody. And we'll have some hits and misses this Saturday as well. And I think, what are we going to do for our next episode? I think it has to be the preseason ranking, right? Well, the draft will be done. Yeah, we have to do preseason ranking. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do preseason ranking, which will be a bit bit of a draft recap as well, right? Um, So we can kind of do a two-four there. I'll try to hit the two-hour mark of the podcast. We'll see if we can do that. Yeah, we Um, we started off, I think our first podcast was about 25 minutes. Then it kind of crept to 35. And then we were in around the 45-minute forever. Now we're breaking an hour. Yeah, it's great. With the pandemic, we have nothing else to do. That's right. There's nothing else. We we don't talk to anybody other than our families. So we're gonna take a bathroom break, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about last year's draft again, right? We're gonna go through every single player. Absolutely. Three hours, part two. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, but I think for next week, for sure, for episode sixty-three, we're going to do the preseason rankings based upon draft performance as well. So, it'll be kind of a hybrid there, draft recap with preseason rankings. This is probably one of my favorite episodes. The dust has settled a little bit. Teams are shaped out. Uh, you start to see those strategies, and a clear favorite emerges. Whether they can hang on to be that favorite uh, by the end of the season, who knows. And most importantly, our prognostication is always spot on. Yeah, we're never wrong. That's the best part. Like the, and that's why I think we're the uh, the authority, not just on Luke, but of, of fantasy hockey and, and really fantasy sports as well. Obviously, that you know, with our international audience, that that uh, that is a tell for sure. All right, I'm going to send out a Zoom link on uh, Friday or Saturday morning. Uh, that's optional, but uh, whoever can join, I think that's going to be uh, good fun. And if you don't join, then I think the rest of us are going to conspire against you. Absolutely, I think. And the tra- well, not just trash talk you, but we will we will try to sabotage your draft. I think openly. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. you and I need to set up some time to come up with our because you and I always partner on the draft to great yep. success. So we'll need to do that later this week. Maybe we can bring Mike Hughes in on it. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, we just got. Yeah, he's hopefully he's he's uh, he's doing doing well on the West Coast there, and that the time change won't interfere too much with uh, uh, with not only his draft but uh, with our conspiring. So, all right, man. All right. Good so time. that is it. Yep, that is episode sixty two, sixty three uh, is coming your way next week. Everyone, have a good one. See you, fellas.